You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. But as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have each and every one of you along for the ride. It is indeed the Sunday show, which means uh, no expectations of rebroadcast on radio, uh, terrestrial radio, uh, no live broadcasting on the Vera Network or the Last Frequency or K-Star Talk Radio Network. No, this is just for you and I, dear, dear listeners, uh, the folks that listen to the podcast that have been longtime listeners. This is your bonus content. Now, 
every now and then it does get picked up for various reasons for some of the folks that do rebroadcasting but uh not normally not anymore it used to be that all the shows were and you know time slots have been changed and and such things and i don't hate it i, I kind of like it because then i don't have to be confined by watching the clock every second if we go a little long we go a little long and i don't have to cut anything short as a result so it's like an actual podcast instead of trying to walk that hybridized tightrope between podcast and radio and i don't mind the other either but it still feels a little different a little more special i suppose because it's just you and me and i kind of like that all right we got a few quick hitters i want to get to before going into anything of the primary focus today uh, we'll start with a quick hit of swimming champion riley Gaines once again making headlines this time because she's responding directly to representative katie porter democrat from california uh this happened over the weekend after porter made an appearance on a panel discussion on hbo's real time with bill maher she of course basically accused uh miss riley Gaines of just trying to get attention for herself and of course that particular segment went viral over the weekend when of all people pierce morgan figuratively body slam porter and pointed out the fact that uh, no i i don't think she's standing up for herself she's just out there actually standing up for all women athletes everywhere and she's doing it because those sanctioning bodies you keep talking about aren't doing it most of them are succumbing to either political pressure or the extreme violent threats that are coming from leftist activists what i like about riley Gaines' response is she just basically came out and said quote hey katie porter i'm not speaking up for myself i'm done playing sports which she is she's graduated she said i'm not fighting for me i'm actually supposed to be in dental school this year but i've changed my life plans because i see what's at stake if someone doesn't fight for the present and next generation and then she finished up by posing a very very apropos question she says why is it always women fighting against sex-based protections that will forever be beyond me well i can tell you riley uh, it's because it's the women members of the democratic party that are being sent out to fight this argument because they need to be seen as standing up for the fake women that's why it's always biological women toting the party line doing the party's dirty work to try to make sure that the message is being sent out and that's why they're going to continue to attack you and every other real woman that's trying to stand up for yourselves against this ridiculousness. Now, I kind of think it was a rhetorical question when she posed it, but just in case anyone's doubting it, I uh, just wanted to try and clear that up a bit. Also, another quick hitter that is kind of sort of related, but in a different way. 
Uh, it seems that Budweiser now has released a brand new advertisement. It came out, it hit this Friday. You may have seen it. It's been uh, distributed everywhere online. Again, mostly from conservative outlets that are trying to poke fun at it again because they've done everything they can to acknowledge that they've screwed up with this Dylan Mulvaney uh, business without actually admitting that they fully screwed up. So they... They have this new ad. It's very patriotic. It talks about the heart of America. <sighs> Budweiser released a new advertisement on its social media platforms, all the different platforms that they're present on. It features one of the iconic Budweiser Clydesdale horses traveling across the United States from dirt roads to sandy beaches. The horse ventures from the Lincoln Memorial in D.C. to the Gateway Arch in St. Louis to the Grand Canyon to New York City. Oh, we get to see all those special places that makes the United States of America stand out from the rest of the world. And of course, during the cross-country track, the horse encounters Americans enjoying beer on a farm and friends sharing a handshake at a fire department. A man with the land of the free patch on his jacket raises the American flag with the help of a woman. The narrator, of course, begins the advertisement by saying, let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America. Oh, yes. The ad ends with that same narrator saying, this story, this is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. Oh, the, the heartstrings that tugged at the control of the emotions that it manipulates upon anyone that watches it. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't do what you've done and expect all to be forgiven because suddenly you realize you messed up and you ignored rule number one of marketing, period, and that is know your target audience. They forgot who their target audience was over at Bud Light. This new chick that they put in charge, uh, she admits it. She admits we, we were trying to get away from that uh, drunken frat boy juvenile style. Uh, and we wanted to try to, to reach a, a new generation of drinker. Guys, first and foremost, I, and I hate to put it like this, but Bud Light, not the greatest beer period. And I'm not a very big beer drinker myself. I'm really not. But I do occasionally enjoy certain beers. I've been a fan of Coors in the past. Uh, part of what I like about them in the modern age is you still don't know a whole lot about their politics, although it's been made clear enough recently. I do enjoy certain craft beers. Some of the Sam Adams stuff I've been fond of, but I've really taken up recently with Einstein, which is part of why you hear the ads, and not just because I've managed to acquire an equity stake in the company, but because I enjoyed what I was able to sample was why I acquired some equity stake in the company. 
as far as beers are concerned, there are some out there that are high quality. Uh, Full Circle Brewery out in California does a phenomenal job with the different things they do. I need to get out there more frequently to fully enjoy their stuff. But as far as beer in general, I'm not a big beer drinker. But even, even so, I can still tell the difference between a quality beer and a... Well, let's just brush something out there that we can still technically call a beer. But I kind of fell into that category. I mean, even the the expanding island brands are just phenomenal based in comparison. So you're not dealing with the greatest product, is my point. And I'm not going to go down this path where we spend so much time just talking about and critiquing beers. Because everyone's taste and everyone's opinion, of course... Well, it's going to be a little different. You're free to agree or disagree. That's the great thing about America. The thing is, they're trying to remind themselves about Budweiser being a great American brand, despite the fact it's currently owned by a European company. They're trying to remind themselves that Budweiser is supposed to be a great American brand, despite the fact that they've lost touch, or in most cases now with the new ownership, never understood what made it an iconic, great American brand. They don't understand what makes America great. They don't understand what makes Budweiser stand out as such a, again, the word brand, I'm looking for something other than brand. I'm being redundant with the language here. But what it stands out as a unique product in the marketplace because of the imagery. The iconic imagery, the fact that it was patriotic for the majority of its existence, the fact that the Clydesdales means power, elegance, and staying power, endurance. The fact that they were associated with the firehouses, the fire trucks, and the Dalmatian, and all these. There's literally lore at this point behind the advertising imagery and everything around this brand. And you just threw it all out the window, completely disrespected that in an effort to appeal to an extremely tiny, tiny segment of the next generation of beer drinkers. Well, we want to be seen as being inclusive. And be inclusive without trying to smack people in the face with your woke ideology. Well, you know, we, we have other reasons. Take care of your fiduciary responsibilities, first and foremost. Period. The rest will take care of itself. Anyway, another failed attempt. After the, the half apology that wasn't an apology at all from the CEO uh, to this new Budweiser ad, still just desperately trying to change the conversation topic. And it's, well, it's just not really working. All right, before we get into anything else, I want to go ahead and uh, talk to you a little bit about what's going on in China. In case you weren't aware, they're hoarding massive amounts of food. That's right. They are literally piling and stockpiling and restockpiling so much of the world's reserves of corn, of rice, of wheat. And why? Why are they doing it? Well, China knows something that we're being lied to about. 
See, the other governments, European nations, the United States, Canada, these places are lying to their people because they don't want us to know what's coming. China knows. You see, when it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. They literally rely on the rest of the world to feed their people. So they can't afford to make a mistake. They need to make sure they have their stockpiles in place. So what does that mean for average everyday Americans like you and me, ladies and gentlemen? Well, two simple words. Food shortages. No, not a mystery at this point, right? That's why it's a really good idea right now in this instance to stock up on at least one kit of the best-selling For Patriot Survival Food. Create your own stockpile of the Four Patriot Survival Food kits that are hand-packed in the United States of America. These kits are compact. They stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And they have a ton of five-star reviews where they just absolutely rave about the flavor. And right now, as they are a sponsor of this show, and thank you very much, Four Patriots, you can go to fourpatriots.com and get 10% off your first purchase of the Four Patriots Survival Food by typing the code TAP at checkout. That's T-A-P-P. Just go over to fourpatriots.com right now. Use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase of Four Patriots Survival Food. That's the number four Patriots, and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. That's where you need to go that's what you need to do. All right. So, what do you say we actually get to the main part of the first story we're going to discuss today? Not a surprise that Kamala Harris is out here once again, embarrassing sane people everywhere. Uh, at least St. Americans, by having to admit that, yes, this person technically is the Vice President of the United States, according to what's officially acknowledged. She was at a rally, an abortion rally, a murder of preborn baby humans rally, and she literally made the accusation that pro-life groups are trying to implement policies that are targeting our democracy. Our democracy. How about our republic? Guys, can we talk about the fact that we don't actually have a democracy? I know, I bring it up quite often, and that's because not enough other people are bringing it up. And There are plenty of other people doing it, still just not enough. We have not acknowledged the fact across the board, especially the leftists, that we live in a constitutionally federated republic, and it was designed that way in order to protect minorities, because democracy is bad for minorities. Democracy is still nothing more than two wolves and a sheep getting together to decide what to have for lunch. We know how that plays out for the minority. Vice President Kamala Harris made a surprise appearance at an abortion rally in Los Angeles this past Saturday. A day after the Supreme Court issued an administrative stay regarding restrictions on the currently in controversy abortion drug. The drug used in about half of all abortions nationwide. The drug that requires you to appear 
in person and to stay on site upon taking it long enough to determine if you're going to have an adverse reaction because it was common enough to be that concerned about, or at least that's the way it was everywhere across the country before the COVID lockdowns when all of a sudden the Democrats decided, hey, not only should we just let you vote by mail, where it's much, much easier for us to manipulate what we actually count later, but we should also allow you to kill your unborn baby, your pre-born baby human through the mail. We should just be able to do that. And, you know, if that eventually leads to something like we have going on now, where California is trying to protect their doctors from possible legal consequences in other states where the drug's already been banned, oh, well, you know, we still have to be able to mail this to them so that they can technically be a patient of the doctor in California by virtue of telehealth. That's right. Not an actual in-person visit, but telehealth, which was also normalized during the lockdowns. Now, it was a thing that was happening before then on a very limited basis. It wasn't particularly catching on just yet. Again, why? Because when you go to see a doctor, you probably need to have an in-person visit. You probably need that individual FaceTime so that the doctor gets a really good idea of not only what you're telling them, but the parts that you're not telling them. The read-between-the-lines kind of thing that you can't really get over a video chat. Just, just throwing that out there. Anyway, for the last 25 years or so, it's been used in nearly half of the abortions that are perpetrated in the United States. A certain judge in Texas went back and took a look at the process for the FDA approval of the drug use and decided that they had violated their own rules. Undoubtedly, clearly in fact, giving in to political pressure as opposed to following the rules to provide safety so the judge said, you know what, I'm going to revoke this FDA approval based on the fact that the FDA did not follow their own guidelines to make it happen. The fact that it's apparently not safe enough to be sending it through the mail and to have unsupervised patients taking this drug on their own accord. Well, Supreme Court Justice... Samuel Alito, granted a five-day pause, this happened on this past Friday, after the Department of Justice requested that the court intervene following the ruling by Texas Judge Matthew Kaczmarek, which paused the FDA approval of the abortion drug. Now, in Kamala's remarks... She urged everyone at this rally to stand up and fight. Yeah, yeah, can't see where that might lead to violence. Can't see where that's not elevating the political temperature. Can't see where that might escalate things to a new level, knowing that it is undoubtedly 
the fine folks on the left, the, the left-wing activists, the people that are wearing the brown shirts today, even though they may look a little more like the standard Antifa uniform than the brown shirts, brown shirts of the past. But knowing that this is giving them marching orders, and don't think for a second that Kamala doesn't know that, because she does. She only sounds like a babbling idiot when she talks. She really is smarter than she sounds, perhaps not by much. I don't want to give her more credit than she deserves, but it's obvious she at least knows how to manipulate being a completely and totally untalented woman into a career in the Democratic Party. That requires some knowledge, I, I would presume. Anyway, Harris literally told these people to stand up and fight, describing this particular situation as a critical moment. That's a quote. A critical moment in U.S. history. And she's right about that. I don't think she's going to like the outcome, but she is right. This is a critical moment in U.S. history. This is a moment where we have to decide whether or not the mob mentality of leftist politics is more important than law and order. We're going to have to decide if the leftist mob mentality is more important to let them continue marching us to oblivion uh, than actually standing up and holding these people accountable when they cross the line. They demand accountability when it's somebody on the other side of the political spectrum that has done something even questionable, even if it's only questionable to just them. If we dare to stand up, if we dare to oppose, if we dare to, to speak out as far as what it is that they're doing at any moment in time, oh no, look out, we need to be uh, re-educated. We need to be sent to the camps, the gulags. We need to be cellmates with all the January 6th uh, rioters, I'm sorry, insurrectionists by their language, by their definition. But it's not a crime to be an insurrectionist as long as you're on their side, right? I mean, that's what we saw in Nashville. That's what we saw in Florida now. That's what we saw where in how many other places has it happened in just the last two weeks? Storming state capitals interrupting the business. Oh, well, you know. Let me get back to what Harris said to the crowd. Only a few hundred people, but how many people have to hear it? She knows that it's going to be played on the internet, and it may never go technically viral, but it will certainly be played and replayed among the loyal fellow travelers. She said, quoting now, when you attack the rights of women in America, you're attacking America. Hmm, then why haven't they already stopped Leah Thomas? Why haven't they already stopped men dressing up as women from assaulting women in mixed martial arts uh, competitions? Why, why is that not an attack on women's rights? Oh, yeah, yeah, because technically the left wants us to believe that they believe that a man can become a woman just by saying so. Yeah, okay. 
I don't think they actually believe it. I, Stephen King actually fell right into that trap himself the other day, in case you missed it. He was trying to make the point about abortion, and he was very, very quirkily, spiffily saying that, well, you know, if men could get pregnant, uh, abortion would have been ended a long time ago. Well, I mean, he said that opposition to abortion would have been ended a long time ago. That abortion would be legal everywhere if it was men getting pregnant and wanted to be rid of the child. Well, you know what? I think the only reason that abortion has ever been legal is because women are getting pregnant and the men don't want to take responsibility for the child. So I really, really don't buy into your scenario. But got to tell you, it was pretty cool how everybody pounced. And this was a case of people pouncing. He kind of deserved it. I have been a fan of Stephen King's writing for a long time. His more recent work has left a bit to be desired. He's never quite been the same since the accident. And it's just a critique of the literary style. I, and having read his stuff for that long period of time, anyone who's going to be honest about it has to admit that there is a huge drop-off in the quality and in the originality of the storytelling from that point forward. It's not to say he still hasn't done good stuff, but it hasn't been great stuff. That being said, it doesn't matter. He deserved it. He stuck his nose in. He'd been very, very vocal, being uber-leftist. Very disappointing for me, after being a fan of his for so long, to hear him being so far to the left. But when he made this insinuation, well, if men could get pregnant, abortion wouldn't even be an issue at all, uh, then everybody pounced. Oh, are you saying that men can't get pregnant? Are you saying that men can't become women? <laughs> anyway, it was not that big of a nod, but it is good to see him get just a little taste of his own medicine. We need to do more than just the keyboard warrior stuff, however. Anyway, back to what Kamala's had to say before I go too far down all these side roads. Kamala, again, speaking in front of a few hundred people, said, quote, We have seen attacks on voting rights, attacks on fundamental rights to love and marry the people that you love, attacks on the ability of people to be themselves and to be proud of who they are really don't know what attacks she's talking about. I'm sure she's trying to insinuate uh, that every conservative is anti-LGBTQ and anti-same-sex marriage and blah, blah. Nobody's attacked their rights to marry who they love. Nobody has attacked their ability to be themselves. Nobody's told them not to be proud of who they are. Uh, but partially because there isn't a fundamental right to marry, period. It's not something that falls into the Constitution, so therefore it doesn't fall into the purview of the federal government. They got no business commenting on the matter. And it doesn't matter how much the left wants to try to twist everything to make it so, eventually that will get corrected. Now, people can go do whatever it is they want to do. Consenting adults in the privacy of their own lives have every right to be just as 
wicked and perverted as they want to be, they have to answer to God. I don't have to answer for them. I have to answer for me. They answer for themselves. All of that is their business, as long as they don't make it mine. It's their business as long as they don't make it anyone else's business. But when you do the things they're doing now, they are making it everyone else's business. So we get a say in how we interact. We get a say in how our tax dollars are spent in promoting and propping up things that we don't agree with. So sorry, Kamala, it's not an attack on voting rights. It's not an attack on fundamental rights, and it's certainly not an attack on these people individual. It is a standing up for where you're trying to squash down on our rights to do the same things that you're trying to defend for them. Our rights do not magically end just because another group has been deemed to be marginalized. And that marginalized group, as you have so deemed them, do not have super rights that supersede anyone else's. The rights are same, equal. There's end where mine begin. Mind end where theirs begin. Individuality often complicates things. It's true. I, it's also true that I've been chuckling about that statement here since I've seen it used in a Red Bull ad recently. But despite the fact that you may have or may not have heard that yourself, I'll admit that is where I've most recently heard it. But it does. It tends to complicate things. Kamala Harris was warning against pro-life voices. Kamala Harris was saying that these pro-life voices attack fundamental rights. Well, what about the fundamental right to live? What about the fundamental right to once you have been conceived, once there is in fact a separate life, that that life has the same basic fundamental rights as everyone else? Obviously, she doesn't believe that. Obviously, the very devout Catholic Joe Biden doesn't believe that. The also very religious uh, former Speaker of the House Nancy Mimi Pelosi doesn't believe it. Anybody on the national stage is not allowed to believe it if you have a D at the end of your name. And if you admit that you feel otherwise, you get ostracized and booted out of the party. So you're not allowed to have that opinion. But... But Kamala claimed that these pro-life voices, by extension of attacking those fundamental rights, are in fact attacking our democracy. The vice president criticized the Supreme Court's reversal of Roe v. Wade, saying that the justices, quote, took a constitutional right that has been recognized from the people of America, which is a flat-out lie, period. It is a lie. It is not a constitutional right. It doesn't exist within the Constitution. Do you know why it doesn't exist within the Constitution? Because some things transcend man's law. They fall into God's law. The Constitution, in and of itself, is a series of negative rights against our government. 
It tells our government what it can do and what it can't do. And man, oh man, if we would just reset back to what the Constitution says, a lot of this division that's being ginned up, that's being falsely created, would go away on a rather large basis. It's not to say we wouldn't have these same arguments at the state levels, but there would be no national argument because the federal government would simply say, that's not something we can do anything about. Go home and fix it for yourself there, which is how a lot of these states' issues should be handled anyway. No, 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 we got to give extra power, extra authority. There was no constitutional right to it, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it was terrible case law. And it's not settled. And if they honestly believe that all constitutional uh, statements that come from the Supreme Court is forever more settled, then why are they still going on about uh, the all of these previous laws that, uh, well, decisions, not laws, all these previous decisions that have been overturned since? Why are they still trying to get certain previous decisions to get overturned. Why is there still so much effort to try to have us believe when it comes to what they want and then ignore the very same statements when they themselves are still legally challenging previous Supreme Court decisions? Well, we're not supposed to talk about that. We're not supposed to point it out. And Kamala, always the queen of the juxtaposition, she continued. She said, quote, I fundamentally believe, you know, rather than just I believe, but I fundamentally believe that you can gauge the strength of a democracy based on the strength of women in that democracy. Uh, yeah, really? That's part of how you do that? Um, so how do you how do you judge the strength of the women in the democracy when people like you, Kamala, are out here constantly telling them that now men can be women and that they should step aside and, and let men compete as women in, in every safe space, previous safe space, that women had fought for? How a man should get a swimming uh, scholarship ahead of a woman uh, so that he can compete against women. How, how do you make that statement? How do you judge the strength of women in the democracy at that point? Now, Saturday's Los Angeles rally was organized by Women's March Action, political arm of the Women's March Foundation. Abortion rights activists planned marches and rallies for Saturday and for Sunday to voice their support for access to the controversial drug. Some of the restrictions imposed by the judge would have gone into effect Saturday had the Supreme Court not granted the pause. The stay expires Wednesday, meaning that the court could likely decide whether to issue a longer stay pending appeal per the Biden administration's request, or they may not. But simply put, the FDA built on its already suspect 2000 
uh, the year 2000, approval by removing even more restrictions related to chemical abortion drugs that were present during the final phase of the investigation. And it did so by relying on studies that included the very conditions that the FDA refused to adopt. I was quoting the judge, by the way. That was in the judge's ruling. This ruling was praised by pro-life advocates, but later partially blocked by the Fifth Circuit. And the real reason the Fifth Circuit kind of put blocks in place is because they recognize there is a legal question, but they don't want to be seen as just completely upending and upstaging the FDA. There is a partition between the branches. So when they apply those checks and balances that are supposed to exist, and this is an appropriate situation for the court to intervene on behalf of the safety of the women involved here, given that the FDA did not follow its own rules and, in fact, used trickery as part of its explanation for why it approved it, well... Let's just say that even the Fifth Circuit, and I believe should this end up in front of the Supreme Court, they'll have little option either but to acknowledge that there were political concerns placed ahead of safety concerns. That can't be allowed to stand. Now, shortly after the Texas judge's decision came out, Judge Thomas Rice issued a conflicting ruling and said that the FDA still had to allow this particular drug in 17 Democratic-led states who had brought a lawsuit. Of course, last week, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said, quote, We are going to continue to fight in our courts. We believe the law is on our side, and we will prevail. Well, you know, good luck with that, Corinne. Miss Jean-Pierre, Miss Worst Press Secretary in the history of all bad press secretaries, thank you so very much for your ridiculous assessment. Believe it all you want, but the law is not on your side if, in fact, the FDA ignored everything they did in order to do this. If they buckled to political pressure instead of putting the public safety first, then they violated the first rule of their mandate. Clearly, best case scenario, this drug does not need to be allowed to be mailed to anyone. The simple restriction of in-person doctor visit, in-person receiving a prescription, and in-person application of the drug must be kept in place in the states that are going to continue to allow this. And no state, I'm looking at you, California, no state should be allowed to interfere with the other states who've decided not to allow this drug to be utilized any further within their borders. Don't know why that's such a hard concept to buy into. Let's go ahead and take the slightly later than usual mid-hour break. 
yeah, we're going to run a little long today. Stay where you're at. I will be right back. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. Joe Brandon, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he has made clear that. No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. The Sixth Amendment of the United States Constitution states that in all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy public trial. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the penalty for trespassing on government property like the United States Capitol Building is six months in jail, plus $1,000 maximum penalty. Yet, Americans who went into the U.S. Capitol Building on January 6th have been detained for more than 10 months. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and five other representatives have discovered that those still locked up have possibly been physically abused and in some cases denied medical care. Allegedly, authorities are committing misprison of felony by knowing about certain individuals being put in solitary confinement before being indicted. I urge you to join me in contacting our representatives now and demand the January 6 Americans be released today. Thank you, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, for checking in on those still locked up while the Biden regime abuses this entire republic every single day. I'm Ron Edwards. If you want the best coffee ever, simply go to theronedwards.com and place your order now for Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Being stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. 
Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds Coffee Display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akuari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from the 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free. Hey y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out, I roll down window. My old truck shines like a brand new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free and lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, real cool kind of hot. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care what you think about Derek Johnson's politics or his 1776 Nation project. The guy is a hell of a country musician, and I'm digging the tunes. Anyway, uh, glad to have you along for the ride, and hour number one is nearly over. I, I really, really can't believe it. We, we're less than... Less than nine minutes away from the first hour being over, and I've only really 
talked about one primary story. Uh, of course, I took a little longer than I meant to with the two quick hits. I couldn't help myself. And it's not from a lack of, well, not from a lack of discipline, but from the fact that I do feel a little freer on the Sunday broadcast to extend. Now, it would be irresponsible of me not to at least attempt to keep the two-hour format relatively in place because you already give up two hours of your time to listen to the show, and I appreciate that more than I can possibly, possibly express. So what I'm going to do is I'm not necessarily going to jump too heavily into another topic just now. We're going to go ahead and reset the hour here in just a few minutes, and I'm pretty certain certain, reasonably so, that I'm going to be able to fit in just about everything else that was left in the second hour anyway. I may cut things a little short, but like I said, I'm not overly concerned with it. But before I do that, I do have to say something right here, because you need to know. Uh, I have two sponsors to the show right now. Sponsor number one, of course, is for Patriots, and they're a great sponsor. But the second sponsor is Gold Co. And right now, Gold Co. is just, they're so adamant, adamant, adamant that I make sure you know that there is, in fact, a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout happening right now. And it is looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again. We've got banks collapsing. We've got executives at these banks taking fat bonuses while the White House is running, not to our, the American public's rescue, but to their rescue. We, the regular people out here, we're struggling. Most of us are barely paying our bills if we're paying them. We certainly can't afford to fill up our gas tanks. And suddenly Biden and company have the nerve to bail out the wealthiest of the wealthy Americans. And guess who's paying for it? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we do. It's us, you and me. Uh, the government has no dollars of its own. We're paying for it. But there is some good news. You don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of that particular system and move your cash into gold and silver right now. Do it sooner rather than later. Certainly do it before it's too late. Call Gold Co. at 855-387-2932 and learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse before the White House takes it all away from you. Call 855-387-2932 and then learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. That's the number 855-387 2932. Call them right now. Don't hesitate. If you're listening to the podcast, which clearly you are, if you're listening to this particular broadcast, there'll also be a link in the show description should you choose to uh, follow up that way. Trust me, our friends over at Gold Co. are trying to help protect the equity and wealth that you've built up over the years. And You've worked way too hard to just lose it to some meathead like Joseph Robinette Biden 
Jr., who's being puppeteered by the leftists that are trying to destroy this republic. Just, just so difficult to imagine that that's the reality of where we're at. But here we are. So follow the link in the show description or give the number a call. Just, just don't hesitate. Don't, don't wait around. All right. So I have some other stories that I definitely want to talk about. We'll get into that in hour number two. But I keep kind of swinging back to this Kamala Harris bit. She's suddenly been unleashed, right? I mean, she couldn't make her way to Nashville, Tennessee during the first bit of controversy when we had the shooting at the Covenant School. No, 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 no. Couldn't do that because, you know, it was a transgendered person that committed the heinous act. And when it comes to gun control, uh, they know that's something that they need to let the folks outside of the White House discuss. Uh, and that's a Joe Biden issue. You can't step on the president's toes when you're the vice president, right? So, nope, can't do that. But then as soon as the Tennessee legislature stepped up and took action to discipline, and that's what this was supposed to be, discipline. The two would-be lawmakers, wannabe activists, can't seem to understand you can't do both. No, you can't, despite the best efforts from the left. If you're actually going to be a legitimate, respected lawmaker, you have to behave with decorum, you have to behave within the rules and guidelines that are established, and then you have to actually do the job Grabbing a bullhorn and leading, uh, in the language of the left, an insurrection is not a way to deal with the issue. But as soon as that happens, Kamala Harris practically breaks her neck trying to get to Nashville so fast. And of course now, the so-called Nashville Three have been lauded and, and treated like they're such heroes. And now she's out here trying to convince anyone that's going to listen to her that if you're pro-life and willing to stand up and say as much, that you're a violent extremist that's trying to take away people's rights. And they still want to pretend like they're confused and shocked and amazed when somebody on their side, who may not be the most mentally stable to begin with, loses it just a little bit, and that there's violence. Shameful. All right, guys, let's reset the hour. Don't go anywhere. Hour number two starts right after this. She was from a blue state clan, taught to praise the little man, told that union saved the working class. He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why she was different in his eyes
kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west They homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. This is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap, Tap Into the Truth. You are indeed listening to Tap Into the Truth, and I am your ever so humble and Mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride as we now dive headlong into hour number two of today's program. It is Sunday, April the 16th of 2023, just in case you need a reference to the time frame. Uh, you know, I have found recently that Going back and looking at some of the shows uh, that have been done in the past, some of the previous broadcasts, there are certain conversations that stand the test of time, that remain relevant, that remain timeless, if you will. And then there are other broadcasts where we're staying so focused on specific news topics that it's almost obsolete by the time the next broadcast takes place. I kind of find that uh, interesting and kind of weird at the same time. Uh guess that's part of the reason why we bring on guests. Anyway, here it's kind of interrelated along with the same lines of what we were talking about earlier with Kamala, only we're seeing why some of the current Biden administration officials continue to break the rules. And, and they are breaking the rules. Make no mistake about it. If Kamala Harris is out here pushing abortion. The decision from the Supreme Court that overturned Roe v. Wade makes it clear the federal government has no role to play there, period. She needs to shut her trap. And if she wants to go protest, she wants to do some of this other stuff, wants to go be an activist, she either needs to resign from the vice presidency or she needs to wait till she's out of office. Then she can go do these things. 
but to do so as an agent of the White House is a violation of what has been laid out by the Supreme Court. Now, granted, uh, they've got a certain amount of autonomy, but there's also the checks and balances, right? She's in violation of what the Supreme Court decision was, period. Uh, we also have this issue here where Rachel Levine, you know, uh, the fake admiral who's also a fake chick, <laughs> Rachel, evidently worked alongside with Planned Parenthood while she slash he was still working in the state of Pennsylvania. Working with Planned Parenthood to peddle cross-sex hormones. Uh, this is an exclusive story over at the Daily Caller, so special hat tip to Me Megan Brock and Laurel Duggan. Uh, they contributed to this story, and here's the deal. Planned Parenthood collaborated with now Assistant Secretary for Health Rachel Levine, along with gender clinics and LGBT groups in its effort to provide cross-sex hormones in its clinics, according to documents that have been obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Levine, who was acting Secretary of Health for Pennsylvania back in 2017, ran a working group of medical providers and LGBT activists called the Transgender Health Working Group, which included representatives from Planned Parenthood, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, uh, the Gender Clinic from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and the Manzoni Center. Levin's office played an active role in connecting the local Planned Parenthood affiliate with transgender clinics throughout the year it began offering hormones, at least according to the documents that were obtained through a public records request. The collaboration was part of a broader push from Levine's office to promote cross-sex treatments that coincided with the meteoric rise in state funding for the procedures, including the procedures for children. Six years later, Levine's now a high-ranking Biden official with power to steer federal policy on health care. Quoting here from the Pennsylvania Family Communications Director, Dan Bartokomoda. Uh, okay, sorry, Dan, I'm just going to end up butchering your last name, so I'm going to stop right there and just say Dan. He's the Pennsylvania Family Communications Director. You guys all know that. Anyway, he said, quote, This is such a dangerous ideology, far from any form of health care or medical science. Anyone responsible for overseeing the push for more children permanently harmed by these drugs and irreversible surgeries should not be in public office, let alone be given promotion the higher office. Dan is right. Now, Levin's secretary, a individual by the name of Sarah Boating, coordinated with Planned Parenthood of southwestern Pennsylvania 
back in February of 2017. Coordinated with them to arrange an observation session uh, and uh, a uh, Philadelphia-based group offering cross-sex medical treatments in order to learn about operations and referrals for clinics offering hormones. Uh, again, all this according to the emails. Emails between Sarah and the fine folks over at Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania. The PPSP, Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania, had worked with other Planned Parenthood clinics offering hormones, but it was particularly interested in learning from the Mazzoni Center because of its high volume of patients, according to the emails. A high volume of patients, including minors. How far removed are we from the times that we were being told by all these people that nobody was targeting children? With this, despite the fact that they're constantly being caught red-handed, having targeted children. Anyway, back to quoting. We're still crossing our fingers about the Mazzoni Center. The volume of daily trans health visits at a Planned Parenthood affiliate is low, and we fear we'd go and only see a visit or two. So, again, there were trans treatments going on at Planned Parenthood. I mean, that's part of why this story is a big story. Why is Planned Parenthood engaged in trans activities? Isn't that outside of the purview of Planned Parenthood? Not only their normal, hey, we're here to just eugenically annihilate large numbers of black and Hispanic children, uh, our actual purpose, but even their stated purpose of trying to help make sure that you indeed have a family unit that's based on you controlling and dictating how and when you have your family. Where does the trans come into a Planned Parenthood nexus? How, how is that a thing they should be doing? Now, my guess here is, of course, they're just a bunch of leftists, and they just want to do all the damage they can do, right? Uh, but still, what's the purview? What is the point of them doing this? I, I don't understand. I don't think that there's a reason to believe they should indeed be doing this. But, you know, in order to maintain that positive relationship with governmental officials that are in turn going to send taxpayer dollars to them, uh, they'll do whatever is expected of them, right? By July of 2017, Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania had begun offering hormones at two Pennsylvania clinics, and Levine had visited their offices ahead of the launch both times, according to these emails. Starring this month, two Planned Parenthood locations will offer transgender health services. Now, it was supposed to be starting this month, but the email had a typo. 
will be offering transgender health services, a location in Center City, Philadelphia, and a location in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. This was in Bodine's email sent to the working group on July 7th. Dr. Levin and I had a chance to visit their Philadelphia location prior to the launch, and we were very impressed with the significant planning, training, and care they took in developing their program. Levine responded that it was, quote, great news that the Planned Parenthood clinics had begun administering hormones, and CHOP Gender Clinic co-founder Linda Hawkins offered to collaborate with the group in the same thread. Now, CHOP is a, a heck of an acronym here, isn't it, when you consider what they're talking about doing? Uh, just, again, for reference, CHOP is shorthand for Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, in particular, their gender department. <sighs> yes, indeed, CHOP. <laughs> anyway, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia... Gender and Sexuality Development Program offers medical interventions for children seeking gender transitions as young as eight years old, including surgical referrals at age 14. The clinic also partnered with schools in the state to train teachers to use children's preferred pronouns and keep gender identity issues hidden from parents. And yet they never thought that there was anything wrong with that. I'm sorry, guys, but if you honestly believe that you're in the right, you don't have to hide it from the children's parents. If you're right, you need to address it head on. You need to stand up and speak loudly and proudly. And I don't mean in the form of some type of pride parade kind of deal. I mean in simply making your argument. Obviously, you know you can't if you have to hide it from the parents. I want to say that other part a minute ago. Children seeking gender transitions as young as eight years old. Offering medical interventions? Come on! It's child abuse. There's no other way to put it. Period. The exact extent of the PPSP's growth in patient visits following this collaboration has never been made very clear, but its website states that there is currently a six to eight month wait list now for new <clears throat> gender affirming care patients. This is Planned Parenthood, guys. Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania has a policy against prescribing hormones to minors because it requires mental health services and sometimes legal services although they are considering offering hormones to those under 18 in the future, according to their current website. That's not what was stated in their emails, though. PPSP, again, that's Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania, continued its involvement with Levine's LGBT work group throughout 2017, and the group was slated to appear at least four meetings, to have at least four meetings that fall along with LGBT activacy groups and gender clinics, including the CHOP Clinic and 
the Mazzoni Center. All, again, still according to these emails that were made public and reviewed by the Daily Caller News Foundation. Discussion topics for these meetings included physician training guidelines, appropriate signage within clinics, policy on transgender military participation, transgender 101, and Penn State Hershey increased access. Planned Parenthood is now one of the largest providers of cross-sex hormones in the United States. A former reproductive health assistant reported that the small-town Planned Parenthood clinic that she worked at saw one or two teen girls every day seeking cross-sex hormones, and that gender transitions for young people brought in more consistent long-term revenue than abortions, according to the journalist Abigail Shire. Trans-identifying kids are cash cows, quoting here, by the way, and they, they are kept on the hook for the foreseeable future in terms of follow-up appointments, blood work, meetings, etc., whereas abortions are hopefully one-and-done situations. This is what the Planned Parenthood employee said to Shire. Now, Planned Parenthood's national and local offices, of course, have focused intensely on transgender issues in recent years. Again, I still ask the question exactly where this falls under their purview, their claimed purpose for existence, but again, as we can see, dollars are the number reason number one reason why so-called medical professionals are on board with this. The Hippocratic Oath that's gone. Dollar bills are run into roost. But the national and local offices have been focusing intensely on transgender issues with a particular focus on opposing state-level restrictions on children's cross-sex medical procedures. Of course, they're opposed to that because it interferes with their business model. Now, Levine's tenure in the Pennsylvania government ran from 2015 to 2021, during which state spending on cross-sex medical procedures for those 18 and under, do you, you catch that, and under, that spending rose 5,000% according to public records, again, obtained by the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Now, Levine helped bring this to fruition by collaborating with various groups to successfully block state legislations that would have blocked taxpayer funding for child sex changes in 2017. Quoting here, the sad reality is from 2015 to 2021, Pennsylvania saw nearly 5,000% increase in spending on gender-affirming care for children 18 and under. That's evidence of a priority being made by our state officials to harm children with this type of dangerous ideology. Levine's time in Joe Biden's Department of Health and Human Services has been very similarly marked by a push for child gender transitions, including official guidance 
endorsing cross-sex biomedical intervention. You know, like surgeries for children, the surgical mutilations. Never mind the chemical castrations they're also working on. Levin, Planned Parenthood, and in particular, Planned Parenthood of southeastern Pennsylvania, did not make any type of response whatsoever to the Daily Caller News Foundation when they requested comments from them. You know, like real journalists, they actually contacted the parties that they were reporting on before running with the story, giving them the opportunity to respond. But what kind of response could they legitimately have? I mean, when you seriously think about it, what would they say? What would be reasonable for them to say? I mean, they can't deny it. All the private emails have been made public, but technically they weren't private emails. They were actions of the state government. I mean, they were intended to be communications just between the parties, but they were official governmental communiques because Rachel, with all due respect, Admiral Rachel Levine, fake admiral, fake woman, uh, is all on board with trying to trans the kids and all that that entails. All the official governmental interaction there because Rachel, Dr. Levine, was holding an official post for the Pennsylvania state government. These were governmental activities. So all the logs belong to the people. It was made public, so they can't deny the legitimacy of the communications. They can't deny what the focus was. They can't deny who their partners were. So what are they actually going to admit? Well, yes, we were acting on behalf of trying to save the lives of children. I mean, that is their standard line, right? They keep trying to tell us that gender-affirming care saves lives. Gender-affirming care may be the worst euphemism ever created, because it is literally the opposite of that. It is gender-denying action. It's not care. You're not caring for the patient that you're treating, and you're not caring about the consequences these people are going to face. You're trying to push an agenda, an agenda that you fully embraced, an agenda that you think suits you, in this case, Rachel Levine, the doctor, the fake admiral that's a fake woman. It doesn't freaking matter that they didn't respond because it's all been laid out. The facts are there. There's no denial. The Daily Caller did their due diligence. They did the work. They got the goods. It's horrific. It's terrible. It's almost as terrible as China hoarding all this freaking food. Yeah, we're almost at the mid-hour break again, and I have to remind you that China is, in fact, hoarding food at a scary level. Nearly three-quarters of the world's corn reserves, nearly half of the world's rice reserves, and nearly half of the world's wheat. What well, does China know that we don't? 
again, I'm going to keep telling you that when it comes to global food shortages, China is the canary in the coal mine. You know, they they depend so heavily on the rest of the world. They, Without the rest of the world, they don't feed their people. So if they're hoarding food to that level, that's a big red flag for the rest of us. You see, as the world's number one food importer to begin with, it would appear hourly like they're always hoarding food. But this is something more. This is way beyond what they normally do. So what does that mean for average, ordinary, work-a-day Americans like you and me? Well, brother, it's two words. Food shortages, they are coming. We've been seeing examples of it already. Thankfully, it hasn't been as full-fledged as what we can expect to see. But these food shortages are coming, and that's why it would be an excellent idea to stock up on at least a couple of food kits from the four Patriot Survival Food line. You know, you can create your own stockpile. These are best-selling survival foods for reasons. They're hand-packed here in the USA. The kits are compact. They stack easily. They have different delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, so you don't have to worry about eating the same thing over and over again. If you are having to rely on these for an extended period of time, you'll get to mix it up. They've got a ton, a bunch of five-star reviews, just absolutely raving about the taste of the product. And right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase of 4 Patriot Survival Food by typing in the code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. You just go to 4Patriots.com and use code TAP to get 10% off your first purchase of 4 Patriot Survival Food. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. Use code TAP. That's all you got to do. In fact, I think I don't. Don't tell the four Patriot folks I said this, but I think if you use code TAP, T-A-P-P, you probably can still get that 10% discount, even if it's not your first time order. But uh, if it is, and if they don't give it to you, uh, you can find another code there. They'll let you try to top something else. Just keep using the code TAP. Uh, that's all I'm saying, T-A-P-P. All right, let's take the mid-hour break, and when I come back, we will continue down as we are in the downward spiral to the end of today's broadcast. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. to save and restore our beloved republic not only must we seal and protect our borders but above all we must save the children hello i'm ron edwards 
On today's page from the Average Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. No nation, even one as great as ours, will prosper and remain strong with open borders. But a nation that increasingly seeks to CRT, transgenderize, stupefy, and totally demoralize its young is basically signing its own death warrant. To not allow innocent children to be brought up in the godly and moral way they should be will produce a multitude of generations that will become a deadly enemy from within who will be as a curse on the prior generations, inflicting irreparable harm via government education and the increasingly inept and immoral church, while solid families, which are the backbone of a strong and blessed society, will become dysfunctional and an unreniable collage of disjointed, multi-pronounced individuals seeking to conjure up even more deviant practices, especially against the children. We, the people who love God, country, and family, must seek providential guidance in a united effort to restore America and seek God's forgiveness for allowing such madness to happen. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern. To find out where, go to theronedwards.com. See ya! Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. 
You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Before we get into anything else, let me remind you once again of my second sponsor, Gold Co. They are adamant that you realize right now, in case you haven't been paying attention, that there is a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout happening right now. It is looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again. You see banks collapsing. We've been warned just this past week by people uh, like uh, the head of Brookshire Hathaway and a few other folks that have a tremendous reputation in the world of business, typically who know what they're talking about, warning that we are not done with the banking crisis. We see these banks collapsing. We see executives, not only in the banking industry, but in other industries that are in peril as well, taking huge bonuses. And we see the White House stepping up, making sure that not the average everyday American is protected, but it's their buddies who make donations and contributions to the Democratic Party that are protected. And don't forget about the account holders at certain collapsed banks that have strong first-hand ties to the Chinese Communist Party. They were protected ahead of U.S. citizens. Yes, yes, yes. Meanwhile, us regular folks, we're struggling. We're having a hard time paying the bills. We can't afford to fill up our gas tanks, for crying out loud. And then Biden and his cronies have the nerve to bail those folks out again? And who's paying for that? You're not surprised when I tell you that it's you. You know that you are. You know that the federal government doesn't have any dollars of its own, that they only take away from those of us who are producers, the taxpayers. But you see, the good news is you don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out of that system. You can move all your cash into gold and silver, and you can do it as easy as in just a few minutes. You need to do it before it's too late. Call Gold Co. right now at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. Do it before the White House takes it all away. Call 855-387-2932 and learn how you can get up to $10,000 worth of bonus silver while supplies last. Of course, that's the number 855-387-2932. 
323-538-3432. Make that call, or for those of you listening to the podcast, you can click the link in the show description. There will be a live link in the show description. All right, let's get back to the stories of the day, shall we? Since we were talking about the distasteful and inappropriate and morally questionable connection between Rachel Levine and Planned Parenthood while he was operating in Pennsylvania, and he certainly seems to still be utilizing those connections, pushing the exact same agenda now that he's part of the Biden administration. Perhaps it's appropriate to take another look at a different Planned Parenthood story when it comes to a former Planned Parenthood director who now has committed suicide because they were being investigated for a particular crime. Now, before we go too far down this story, before we say too much in regards to what this means for Planned Parenthood, obviously the connection just means this person was once good enough at working for Planned Parenthood to become a director. Could that mean that this is indeed the type of person they're work looking for to help promote their agendas? Well, you'll have to decide. Maybe the only connection here is that this guy was just a deviant and just happened to work for them. After all, sometimes people hide their deviancies uh, well enough that they can work for other organizations, too. Organizations us conservatives like. And we can never know exactly what a terrible individual they were until, you know, the truth comes out. I mean, how many of you guys thought that Jared from Subway was... A uh, fan of pedophilia. Uh, I would have never presumed it based on what we saw, but again, all we knew about Jared then was that he's a guy who lost a lot of weight eating Subway sandwiches, right? Anyway, a former Planned Parenthood director recently committed suicide as police were investigating him in a child pornography case. This guy was 35 years old. He was found dead in his New Haven, Connecticut apartment this past Tuesday, five days after the local police had botched a raid that was supposed to target his apartment, but they breached the wrong door. Uh, This according to the Middleton Press. Breached the wrong door. Wow. Anyway, New Haven Police Chief Carl Jacobson said on this past Wednesday, quote, the person who died was definitely the suspect in a child pornography investigation and the person who committed suicide. The search warrant allowed police to look at this individual's electronic devices, but he was not arrested at the time of the police raid. It was an open investigation, so he knew he was going to be arrested, Jacobson said. Again, according to the New Haven Independent, this case. At the time of his death, this individual was working at the Long Wharf Theater. But he previously held a position of Director of Strategic Communications for the Planned Parenthood of Southern New England. This was also reported by The Blaze. The child pornography suspect, 
had also worked for the New Haven Free Public Library Foundations. Aww. Let's work at the public libraries. Maybe uh, arrange a, a drag queen story hour or two while we're at it. I mean, if we're going to harm the kids, let's just maximize it, shall we? And make no mistake about it, this guy promoted leftist and LGBTQ causes on his social media, so he was clearly down for it. In one Instagram post, the guy showed a picture of Planned Parenthood buttons with rainbows on them. Another photo showed the guy sporting a shirt with the common pro-abortion talking point, Bands Off Our Bodies, printed on it. In December of 2018, the guy posted, quote, excited to announce that today I start a new job on the marketing slash communications team at Planned Parenthood of Southern New England. Excited to be working on issues I'm passionate about. Healthcare access, reproductive and sexual health, diversity and inclusion, civic engagement, and voting rights, plus my right to be inappropriately attracted to children. Oh, wait, he didn't actually put that part in, but uh, I can read between the lines. It was certainly implied. Didn't you guys get that vibe? Anyway, when police arrived to serve out a search warrant for this gentleman's apartment, officers broke down his neighbor's door and handcuffed a woman before they realized they were in the wrong place. Quoting here from Stacy. uh, was Inster, I think. Uh, sorry, Stacy, not meaning to mispronounce her, but your last name, which is also part of why I've not even attempted the guy's name. Your guru, anyway. Uh, Stacy said, quote, I started running down the hallway. It was just like a movie. They had guns and flashlights on me. They put me against the wall and handcuffed me. I was crying and saying what's happening. This neighbor, Stacy, whose 20-year-old and 4-year-old children were home when the police raided her home, said she relives that moment every time she walks down her hallway. Oh no, she was traumatized. She's got PTSD, guys. Law enforcement doing their job of just screwing up a little bit. Granted, she's got a right to be upset, but it sounds to me like she's playing it up for the inevitable lawsuit that's coming. Anyway, quoting again, what if I'd had a gun permit? Well, yeah, I think the real question is, is, what if you had drawn a gun? That would have been different. You would have been shot down because you don't draw a gun on the police. But anyway, back to the quote, what if I'd had a gun permit? What if I came down the hallway with a gun? Would I have gotten shot? Yes, you would have gotten shot, you freaking moron. But what if my four-year-old had woken up? Would that have... Uh, <laughs> Would they have shot him? Yeah, I don't think they're going to shoot your four-year-old kid. I, I At least I hope not. I, I hope these people were trained well enough that they identify targets before shooting at them. I, I'm going to presume they were capable of doing that since they put you against the wall and handcuffed you instead of just shooting you while you're running down the hall. I'm going to presume they were at least professional enough to do that. Now, I could be wrong. I don't know these particular police officers. And just because they had the wrong address doesn't mean that they're totally incompetent. It just means they messed up. 
Okay, want to give the police officers the benefit of the doubt here. It was what I would presume was an honest mistake. And I'm going to go back and again, just because you have a gun permit doesn't mean you're going to have the gun flailing it about, right? If you are a responsible gun owner, which presumably that's how you get permitted, you don't typically do that kind of behavior. But yes, if you had if you had your gun in hand and raised it at one of these officers, you would have gotten shot. And no, your four-year-old would have been fine. And just stop. I'm sorry that this traumatic event happened to you. And yes, I can see it having been traumatic. But we all see what's happening here. Just go ahead and file your lawsuit. You're going to win. You're going to hurt the people of your community because the city's going to have to come up with whatever amount you win in court, and that's just going to take away from the resources to be able to do other things. But, you know, we know what you're going to do, so just go do it. Now, the New Haven police apologized for breaching the woman's apartment and said that it had launched an investigation into how the mistake happened. Well, that much, I think, is a given. No police department wants to end up with that much egg on their face. Somebody is going to pay a heavy price for having that, uh, having committed that faux pas. Quoting from uh, Chief Jacobson here, he says, quote, Unfortunately, a mistake was made. We feel for the woman and we're going to do everything we can to make it right. The investigation is part of holding my department accountable and transparent. Now, I really sit here and wonder why this story isn't being covered a little better. Why are we seeing this <clears throat> hardly at all? And I'm left with one conclusion, and that is the fact that it does bring into question what type of person is working for Planned Parenthood. Now, most people that start working for Planned Parenthood are people that are still naive enough to believe in the stated mission of bringing health care to communities that can't afford it or otherwise won't receive this much-needed life-saving care. There's a lot of people that start working for this organization believing that that's what they're actually trying to do. Now, you, me, we know better than that. But there's still a lot of young folks that are buying in to the narrative they spout. And it's not until they've been there for a while that they start to realize the reality. That's why a lot of people that work for Planned Parenthood either A, don't work there very long once the veneer has been pulled off and they see beneath the narrative, or they get elevated very quickly, very highly, and that's because those folks who get to be director level, they have something going on where they're very much supportive of the things that Planned Parenthood are doing. It's a dangerous scenario, and it needs to be addressed in a real fashion.
Planned Parenthood needs to be defunded, no taxpayer dollars at all, and companies that are making contributions need to be able to step back and not face fear of repercussions either. We've seen them put pressure on companies and nonprofit organizations that fight cancer that have tried to withdraw their relationship to Planned Parenthood. And the backlash was so stringent that it caused the organizations to fire the people that were trying to sever that relationship as opposed to standing by them and realizing that they're actually promoting evil in the world. And I'm sorry, that's what Planned Parenthood does. It promotes evil within the world. They are a purveyor of evil, period. End of that discussion. Sorry if you feel different. You're just wrong. I want to end today's broadcast talking about some commentary from Victor David Hansen. And Victor David Hansen is one of the great intellectuals of our time. Do not think twice about it. Uh, in this case, it showed up over at the Daily Signal. He was writing, and I will mostly read his commentary with a few interjections here and there. And I'll try to minimize that so that we can get through it before the end of the broadcast. Uh, so here we go. Why is French President Emmanuel Macron cozying up to China while trashing his oldest ally, the United States? Why is there suddenly talk of discarding the dollar as the global currency? Why are Japan and India struggling that they cannot follow the United States' lead in boycotting Russian oil? Why is the president of Brazil traveling to China to pursue what he calls a beautiful relationship? Why is Israel suddenly facing attacks from its enemies in all directions? What happened to Turkey? Why is it threatening fellow NATO member Greece? Is it still a NATO ally, a mere neutral, or a de facto enemy? Why are there suddenly nonstop Chinese threats towards Taiwan? Why did Saudi Arabia enter into a new pact with Iran, its former arch enemy? Why is Egypt secretly planning to send rockets to Russia to be used in Ukraine, according to the leaked Pentagon Papers? Since when did the Russians talk nonstop about potential use of tactical nuclear weapons? Why is Mexico President Oberon bragging that millions of Mexicans have entered the United States, most of them illegally? And why is he interfering in U.S. elections by urging his expatriates to vote for Democrats. Why and how, in just two years, have confused and often incoherent Joe Biden and his team created such global chaos? Let us answer by listing ten ways by which America lost all deterrence. Number one, Biden abruptly pulled all U.S. troops from Afghanistan. He left behind to the Taliban hundreds of Americans and thousands of pro-American Afghans. Biden abandoned billions of dollars in U.S. equipment, the largest air base in Central Asia, 
recently retrofitted at a cost of 300 million U.S. dollars and a $1 billion embassy. Our government called such a debacle a success. The world disagreed and saw only humiliation because that's what it was. No matter what other things you want to point out towards the failings of Joseph Robinette Biden when it comes to the global catastrophes, it all starts and it all goes right back to the ridiculous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Number two, the Biden administration allowed a Chinese high-altitude spy balloon to traverse the continental United States, spying on key American military installations. The Chinese were defiant when caught and offered no apologies in response. The Pentagon and the administration simply lied about the extent that China had surveilled the top-secret sites, and that truth has recently been revealed. We now know that it was under their control the whole time and that it was sending information the whole time that we were not jamming its capabilities, that they lied. But it goes back even further. Do you guys remember back in March of 2021 at an Anchorage, Alaska mini-summit? Chinese diplomats unleashed a relentless barrage at their stunned and mostly silent American counterparts. They lectured the timid Biden administration diplomats about American toxicity and hypocrisy, and they have defiantly refused to explain why and how their virology lab birthed the COVID-19 virus that has been involved with the deaths of tens of millions of people worldwide, or at least that's the claim. Number four, in June of 2021, in a response to Russian cyber attacks against the United States, Biden very meekly asked Russian President Vladimir Putin to at least make off-limits certain critical American infrastructure. Hey guys, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit us, just don't hit us where it would really hurt, okay? A real thing that happened. In case you've forgotten, I know most of you guys probably do remember. Number five, when asked what would he do if Russia invaded Ukraine, Biden replied that uh, the reaction would depend on whether the Russians conducted a minor incursion. Minor incursion? Uh, you guys remember us talking about that when it when he said it? It's like, how are you going to define what is an incident, a minor incursion? I'm pretty sure the Ukrainians are going to feel like any incursion is a major one. Number six, between 2021 and 2022, Biden serially insulted and bragged that he would not meet Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia, and one of our oldest and most valuable allies in the Middle East, mostly because they stood diametrically opposed to Iran. Were they nice people? No. Were they trustworthy in so much that they're willing to serve their own uh, best interests? Yes. And our interests in the Middle East happen to align. That makes them a solid ally for all intents and purposes. For as long as our 
interest aligned, it was a good relationship to have. And we needed to encourage a counterbalance against Iran's influence through the area, which also in turn then runs a counterbalance to Russia's interest in the area. But no, we're just going to ostracize them and claim that they're pariahs on the international stage, and we're going to alienate them in any relationship, any positive relationship we might have with Saudi Arabia. We drove Saudi Arabia to Iran and then by extension to China. Number seven, for much of 2021, the Biden administration made it known that it was eager and ready to offer concessions to re-enter the dangerous Iran nuclear deal at a time when Iran has joined China and Russia in a new geostrategic partnership one might actually call the new axis of evil and not be criticized for having said it and, and not being engaging in exaggeration of any kind. Number eight, almost immediately upon inauguration, the administration moved the United States away from Israel, restored financial aid, and radical Palestinians, and both publicly and privately alienated the current Benjamin Netanyahu government. They restored this aid to the, to the radical Palestinians, not the everyday Palestinians that actually need the aid. Number nine, in a serial fashion, Biden stopped all construction on the border wall and opened the border right back up. During the 2019 Democratic presidential primary, Biden made it known that illegal aliens were welcome to enter the United States. Some six to seven million did. He reinstated catch and release. He did nothing about the Mexican cartel importation of fentanyl that has recently, uh, recently, as in the newest numbers available, killed over 100 million Americans. No, sorry, over 100,000, over 100,000 Americans per year. I was, was almost given a Biden-esque uh, uh, stat there, sorry. It's recently killed over 100,000 Americans a year. Number 10, in the last two years, the Pentagon has embarked on a woke agenda. The Army is short by 15,000 in its annual recruitment quota. The defense budget has not kept up with inflation. One of the greatest intelligence leaks in U.S. history just occurred from the Pentagon. The Pentagon refused to admit culpability and misled the country about Afghanistan and the Chinese spy balloon flight. The current chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff called his Chinese communist counterpart and head of the People's Liberation Army to advise him that the U.S. military would warn the Chinese if it determined an order from its commander-in-chief, then Donald Trump, the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, if they believed that an order from the commander-in-chief was inappropriate. Oh, we got your back, China, not taking orders from the man who's constitutionally in charge. Now, this list, this list of these self-inflicted disasters could easily be expanded. 30, 40, 100, 
But the examples that are laid out here by Victor David Hansen explain well enough why our emboldened enemies do not fear us. Our triangulating allies judge us unreliable and calculating neutralities assume America is in dissent and too dangerous to join. Yet without America, the result of a new Chinese order in which, to quote the historian Truscades, <clears throat> the strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must. That's where we're at. You need to take that one to heart and you need to share it with folks that are willing to listen. The strong do what they can and the weak suffer what they must. And what we must suffer now is the end of today's show. So remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. See you again on Tuesday. I'm out. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Mao, me, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Is using both hands Well I prefer the 308 to the tiny 223 Gives me more than a thousand yards to protect my family